Welcome to Invited In, the new podcast from the Samaritan's Purse Family Support Ministry. My name's Melissa Strickland, and I am a Samaritan's Purse staff member. I work in communications. But today, I have the privilege of introducing all of you to the host of this new podcast, Christy Graham. Christy moved here in January from Fort Bragg when her husband, Edward, started with the ministry, and he is currently working in Wilkesboro with U.S. Disaster Relief. I should also mention that Christy is a busy mom of four children between the ages of 6 and 10. You may have noticed that last name, Graham. Edward is the son of Samaritan's Purse President and CEO Franklin Graham, But if you assume that made it easy for her to decide to come to Samaritan's Purse, you would be wrong. Christy, will you share what that journey was like for you? Yes, definitely. Um, Yeah, Edward and I have been married 14 years, and all of those years he served in the Army. He served a couple before we were married, and I grew up as an Army brat. My dad was career military, and so even though the Army isn't easy, it was comfortable, and it was what I knew. And so I loved and embraced every job he did, and we enjoyed every season. Um, We moved a lot. He deployed a lot, um, but we really enjoyed it. And uh, like you said, we have four kids. They loved it. Um, A lot of times we got to live on post, and they just enjoyed the camaraderie and the lifestyle, and we're really proud of him. And uh, so we had planned to do that as long as the Lord allowed. And so we just prayed every couple years, every job, you know, is this where you want us? And the doors seemed to be flying open, so we just kept going. And uh, we were still serving, and he, we had another job kind of in the future, and so we knew what kind of what was coming. You always kind of know. Um, and the Lord, actually in July, used many, many ways to call Edward to Samaritan's Purse. And so it was something we had never, um, you know, we always prayed to be open and willing to whatever the Lord would do and lead, but our plans and desires were to stay in the Army, and we felt very called to that ministry. So we were pretty blindsided to be honest. And um, I'll be honest, I was probably the most heartbroken. I loved the Army and loved our service and what we were doing and what we were about to do. And so um, even though I supported him wholeheartedly and I had a peace and the Lord prepared me, I, my flesh, my, I was not very happy. And so I cried a lot, was pretty angry and bitter, um, just that God would call us to something so foreign and so strange. Because like I said, the Army was a true comfort zone to me. Um, But even Edward, I think it was just comfortable. It was what we were wired and made to do or what we thought. And uh, so I actually had been studying Abraham a couple weeks prior to God's calling. And so I thought, you know, he was preparing us for our next move and his next position of command. And, you know, the Lord graciously prepared my heart. And so I realized, you know, like Abraham's Ur was a true place. My Ur is the military and it isn't a hometown or a state, but it is a the military lifestyle. So I had to let go of that and realize that we were going to go into the unknown and we didn't know what or what area we would serve in and what capacity we just felt called to come. And so that's what we did pretty quickly. There were many scriptures that helped me uh, with my attitude, but one was one we hear commonly, Psalm 37, 4 through 5, um, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. And when we first made this move, the desires of my heart were to retire and to stay in the Army a couple more years and then come. And um, the Lord, as I 
truly delighted in him, um, you know, and rather than just reading to read as an encyclopedia, I read to be fed and to be nourished and as my lifeline. And I found once I delighted, which, you know, means to rejoice and um, to have joy in um, the experience or when you experience great joy or pleasure in his or her presence, as I delighted and got to know him better, my desires became parallel to his. And I realized it wasn't going to change my circumstance, but it was going to change my attitude. And I feel like, you know, I realized that that doesn't mean that verse, you know, we often think it get, means you get what you want and it doesn't. It means you get what you need and it get you get what the eternal value of. And so I realized delighting in the Lord through adoption and through moving Um, the desires of my heart changed, you know, or or my flesh desires, you know, my desires of my heart became something more in tune with His desire for my life and that commit to the Lord, you know, and trusting everything, our lives, our families, our jobs, our possessions, you know, it didn't make sense to the world. And a lot of people still are like, what are you doing? Um, But it makes sense to Him and for His eternal purpose. So that helped me a lot. So that was a great leap of faith for you. Yes, definitely. And, and still is, I assume. It is still. And we actually had adopted um, about eight months prior. So we were coming off um, you know, that new change and calling. And the Lord had, again, that was very hard and a, and a step leap of faith. And I think the Lord used that to launch us into the Word. You know, we were growing and deep, you know, it was just a hard time for our family, just changes and dy- dynamics changing. And the Lord used that, and I thought that would be our hardest hard for a while. And, you know, He used that to show us that He had another leap of faith to do. And so that's why I was a little angry. I thought, we've done enough change. Can we just rest for a little while? And, um, you know, the Lord just graciously held our hands through it. Um, but like I said, it wasn't easy. Um, I didn't handle it well every time, but um, we knew we would rather be obedient and follow Him in the unknown than stay where we were, you know, we felt more comfortable. So tell me what that transition was like coming into a new community. Obviously, you have family here yes. and you're a very close-knit family. Um, but surely there was the, the challenges didn't end after the Lord said go. Yes. <clears throat> and I think they actually probably got worse because I think, you know, you're able to make that peace with the Lord and prior, but then the the work actually happens when you do it. So um, I think I handled it better up until then. And so we came, and I knew it would be hard. We'd moved mid-year before, and there's there's pros and cons. You know, the good thing is the kids immediately started into school, so we had a semi-routine, and they got to meet people right away. So that's the perk. But the hard part, you know, it's obviously in the mountains. It's winter. It's cold. It's snowing. In fact, the first weekend, my son broke his arm sledding. So we, you know, just have had a lot of unplanned you know, events happen. But, um, and like you said, and I, I just want to say, first of all, I love Samaritan's Purse. I've always loved the ministry and the vision, and I love my in laws dearly. Jane is one of my very best friends. And so it wasn't that I didn't want to come. I, I love it. And I always thought maybe one day that would be nice. It just wasn't the timing, wasn't my plan. And so, yeah, we knew coming in, I had kind of prepped the kids, this is going to be different, you know, and I think a lot of people have grown up here and it's smaller. We've never lived in a small town. And so we knew it would be hard, um, but I think I didn't, I didn't realize even the, the spiritual hard. You know, I think we've just been tested and um, it's just been different because we've moved like this before 
uh, but this has just been harder. You know, I think the military, that spiritual strain isn't as deep. And so that's something I knew would be, but but seeing it, I realized, too, I think I, like I said, I love the Army. I supported everything he did, and I think when he would deploy or go to the field, I was never envious because I didn't want to go there. So I was happy to say, that's your calling. I will stay home, and the home front was my calling and my ministry. And so I never resented Edward, and I think— the kids didn't either, and I think that's because we could kind of place it on the Army. You know, the Army's calling him, and the Army's doing this, and they're moving us. And But here, coming here, you know, then it became God's calling us. And so I realized in my heart I started becoming resentful and angry, and I could see it in the kids a little bit too. And, you know, he was gone a lot right away. I think he's trying to learn, and disaster relief is, is a busy ministry. They all are. Um, and I knew that, but going through it, and that's— kind of what spurred this desire for community. And the more I reached out, because I think initially I isolated myself and I, you know, didn't really want to meet people. And I I just was in a hard place and I wasn't ready. And that's worse, you know. And then you, when you dwell there and sit there, you think you're the only one facing this. And once I realized this is normal and others are facing this, it empowered me to say, I want to use this, this, this time in the trenches to encourage people because everyone faces this. You know, we all to different degrees, but, and so that's kind of where my heart led me to want to get involved and want to plug in and see what Samaritan's Burst had to offer. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you grew up with the Army, so it was very familiar, but Samaritan's Purse, even though it's the Graham family world, it was foreign to you. And so how has that been trying to plug in here and discover the ministry and learn about it from your own perspective. Yes. I Like I said, we had been in the Army, and so we would come back for things, not as much. Um, so I thought I knew, you know, and we read the magazines and the literature, and I read the blogs, and I follow some stories. So I thought I knew what was happening, but I realized there was so much more, and I had no idea. I told Edward the first couple weeks, I feel like I see the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's so much more going on, and I want to know what's happening. And that's where the resentment started. I thought— Every day you get to go to devotions, you get to share in the prayer requests, you you get to go and see the ministry firsthand. And I was a little envious, thinking, I want to know what you're doing. And um, and that's when the Lord really worked in my heart to show me I'm just as much a part of it. I'm just a you know secondary kind of um, background. Um, you know, He goes, and I I get to equip and encourage Him. And so I realized I can either hold Him back. Or I can be his biggest cheerleader and launch him forward, and and I can get involved. You know, I think that just because I don't work here or I'm not on the payroll, I can get involved. And so it started with me wanting, as I got to know the staff and asking questions, I realized the depth. You know, each staff member has a story, and some grew up on the mission field or worked overseas, and I just wanted to know more, um, just firsthand. And so I started slowly just getting to know people. And then I realized I get to be a part of this, not we have to. I didn't want to begrudgingly follow along anymore. I wanted to really enjoy and say we get to be a part of this ministry that is doing things all over the world. And so I was it, my perspective changed. It was like I put on a new lens and my whole uh, viewpoint changed. And um, so I'm grateful that the Lord worked, you know, and I, I realized then that hard isn't necessarily bad. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times it, it's like that pearl, you know, it, it refines you and it draws you to greater depths in, in the Word. And, um, and again, my attitude would affect our journey in this ministry. Well, I'm excited 
because what you've shared today, as you said, is not unique to you. Right. There are, I think, many families here at Samaritan's Purse, many spouses, even field staff all over the world who are doing their part, who love the ministry and love what they know about the ministry, but really, really want to plug in more and to feel more a part of what's going on at Samaritan's Purse and hear those stories that you're talking about that got you so excited. And so tell us a little bit about why you decided that a podcast would be a great way for you to plug in and you to start connecting others with this exciting world that you found. Yes. So I um, I talked with Susan Wilcox and I heard a little bit about what the uh, family support ministry was doing. I got on the Facebook page. I read the blogs and it really encouraged me. You know, the words were powerful and realizing that the testimonies are all pretty common in their theme. And so, but then I, I'm just in the season of my life. I have four kids and yes, two of my five-year-olds are not in school full-time. And so I just couldn't make the meetings. I couldn't come to the, attend the events. And um, again, rather than woe is me, I'm, I can't be there. I realized, you know, for me in this season, podcasts are a great ministry. I listen to them when I'm folding laundry, when I'm doing dishes, and it just, um, it just energizes and encourages me. So I thought, what a great way, just an, an added supplement, you know, and an added dimension to this ministry, to what's already happening, um, might be able to reach people. And, and it just feels a little intimate when you can hear their voice and their inflection and the way they're saying things. So again, I, I, I'm excited, but I realize that, you know, we are the body of Christ here, and Samaritan's Purse is spread out all over. So that was the other thing. I thought maybe it could unite and, you know, connect the people that are living overseas, um, the people in Wilkesboro. You know, there's just a lot of—there's people all over, and so—but also the spouses. You know, that was my first heart because I know firsthand, you know, sometimes we are just as important, but it's just a quieter role. And so to encourage those that— you know, maybe their spouse gets to go and do all these things and they resent it, you know, to encourage them and to show them you're a part of this, you know, and one day when we get to heaven and the Lord says, well done, good and faithful servant, everything this ministry did, you know, every aspect, you know, I I think of 1 Corinthians 12, you know, the body of Christ, and I know we all know this, but the body is a unit through it is made up of many parts and through it all parts are many, they all form one body. And I love verse 18, but in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be, you know, just as he wanted them to be. We are all important and we all play a role. And so I think to help people see, I am valued, the Lord has a part for me. And we, I can't tell you what that is. We all have a different part. Um, Some of it, it's just taking care of the home front so that your spouse can go and serve and know that, you know, they are okay. Um, or getting involved and knowing what's happening and being a prayer and intercessor. And so that's another thing, you know, we just wanted to share kind of what's happening and how you can pray and be involved. And so it was a lot of different things, but the biggest thing was just that connection and just an added element to what's already happening. Mm-hmm. And the name of the podcast is Invited In. Yes. And why did you choose that as the name of the podcast? Yes. What, what was on your heart? We just wanted to invite everybody in, everybody. And that's the thing. It is for staff members. It is for spouses. It is for the kids because that's the other thing. I want my kids to be excited and not resentful of this ministry that takes their dad away. Um, I want them to say, I'm a part of this and I get to pray for these kids. And so inviting everybody in. 
and whenever you want. You can come in your pajamas and listen. Um, you can, um, and so just to invite you in, you are a part of this ministry, you are valued, and we want you here so to know what's happening. That's great. I can't wait to hear more episodes. <laughs> you mentioned prayer, yes. and um, you've talked about closing each episode with uh, specific prayer requests. And yes. why was that important to you? And would you mind sharing the prayer requests you have for this week? Yes, definitely. I think, again, um, that was one thing I said, I want to go to the devotions. I want to know what you're praying for and feel, I feel like prayer really connects you. You know, you become an intercessor. And um, so that was the biggest thing. But also I think the body of Christ is more effective when we're praying and when we're on our knees and, you know, fighting for one another through prayer. So that was the biggest thing. But then also just to to personally know what's happening um, and be able to be a part of that. So um, I do have a couple prayer requests. Um, one is for Columbia. Samaritan's Purse teams are working in Colombia to help tens of thousands of the Venezuelan migrants who are crossing the border and um, every day searching for food, health care, and a better way of life. So you can pray for those people as they're fleeing and scared. Um, Samaritan's Purse is on the front lines operating migrant centers, providing medical care and distributing food parcels, hygiene kits, blankets, warm clothing, and other supplies. So pray for Colombia. Pray for those people. Um, that are seeking refuge and that as Samaritan's Purse on the front lines tries to meet their physical needs and help them as they feel um, hopeless and stranded and homeless, you know, to show them that they have a home. And so then to reach the the greater need, which is Jesus, and he can supply all their needs. So pray for them. Um, but also within, the, within our ministry, we have a, a hurting um, sister, Rachel Mills, she works for Operation Christmas Child Brand Development. Um, her 19-year-old nephew was tragically killed in a car accident. Um, but this comes right off um, a loss of her other nephew to cancer just a few months ago. So this family has just been rocked um, again. So pray for Rachel Mills and her family and just that they will be encouraged through this and that she will be encouraged. And so we just wanted to give a, a prayer around the world, but also an intimate prayer, because I think, um, you know, within our, our staff, there are hurts and needs, so for you to be aware of that. Great. Well, Christy, I am looking forward to next week. I know your guest is going to be the fabulous Susan Wilcox, and you'll be yes. talking more about the Samaritan's Purse Family Support Unit and uh, how that got started and all of the resources available to connect families to the work of Samaritan's Purse. Uh, and this will be a, a weekly podcast after that. So thank you for your time. Yes, thank and you for having me. I will be rooting for you and praying for you, and I, I can't wait to hear what's next. Thank you. Thank you.